Hi, Kelly from Better Call Saul Fun Facts. Hello, Mike from West Coast Project. How are you today? I'm great. We're here to do 512, Kelly from Better Call Saul Fun Facts and Breaking Bad Fun Facts. 12, 512 is a rabid dog. you have any facts for us here, Kelly? Well, this one is written and directed by Sam Catlin, and he had never directed before. So what an honor to be able to direct this close to the end. Uh, and his wife, which I think I've mentioned before, was Skyler's divorce attorney uh, back a few seasons ago. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just it's amazing how these people get the opportunity to direct that have never directed before. Yeah, so here we are at 512 Rabbit Dog. This is the this is our warming up for Better Call Saul. We have spoilers left and right. Better Call Saul will be a little bit more careful, but 512 Kelly jumps right back into a continuation of where we left off in 511. And if you remember that, that was Jesse sh- sh- popping up at the White's house with a big 5-gallon can of gas and sloshing it around. So Walt drives up and sees the caddy, Saul's caddies in the driveway that Jesse had stolen and driven, and um, sneaks up on the house. He doesn't barge right in. He kind of sneaks up. And nobody's there, Kelly. He goes in through the back, the slider in the back. Nobody's there. And this is a little confusing because we've seen flash forwards where, you know, Jesse's sloshing this gas around, but we know way into the future from Walt being there that Heisenberg's on the wall. So that house couldn't have been burnt down right it was very confusing again they're confusing me uh because when they show they trick you they don't normally do a continuation like this so to have him like right back in the house where jesse just was and the house is intact and you're expecting it to be burnt like you said it was uh really quite confusing for me it was a flash forward but a little farther it was well it was it looked like real time, but it was really another flash forward because some time had passed. Mm-hmm. And then we were thinking of the flashback because of Heisenberg. Yeah, it was it was manipulative. It was like it was bending my mind anyway. Yeah. And then uh, Chekhov's uh, skateboarders rode past too for a quick second. That was interesting. They're not going to put skateboarders in a show unless they're going to ride up and down an empty pool, Kelly. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> they zoomed by for like two or three seconds. Uh, yeah, okay. So the gas on the carpet removal team company shows up, and while they're cleaning up the carpet, Walt calls Jesse and thanks him for changing his mind and stopping and not burning down the house. But, Kelly, that carpet cannot ever be completely fixed. No, it can't. And and he's pretty demanding of these people. Like, this can never smell. You've got to, there has to be, and, and within a few hours, my wife will be home, and this can't be here. Like, no, I'm pretty sure you're screwed. That's going to go right into the floorboards. Got to give those guys credit. They didn't just say, look, dude, we've been over it three times to go over it the super-duper time. It's going to really cost you. They just admit, you're stuck, man. This is as good as it's going to get. Right. So Walt needs to come up with an excuse. He strips off his clothes, covers them with gas, and he's going to make up some kind of lie for Skyler. He even doused the gas into the car seat. Now, that was hard for me to watch, Kelly. Well, this is lie, dumb shit lie number two, and I've, I've done a meme on this one myself before that, I mean, come on, he's threatening to sue, and, oh, I was putting the gas thing back in, and it spilled all over me, and gee golly whiz, and... The whole thing was just really far-fetched, and Skyler was not buying it. Skyler wasn't buying it. Junior wasn't buying it. He, he even says, Dad, can you just tell the truth? 
Well, I think he was saying it. I think he was buying it, but he was trying to get him to admit that his cancer was causing him problems, and it wasn't really a gas can or something. I think he was saying, Dad, you fainted when you were trying to pump gas in your car. Come on, tell the truth. Right. He's wrong of why, but he knows he's lying. He's right about him lying. Yeah. Um, so now Saul's with Kubi and Walt, I guess, but um, Jesse's missing, and Kubi's checked everywhere for him. I mean, Kubi goes through a pretty cool rundown of all the spots where Jesse may be, including the laser tag and a couple of other places that are that were pretty funny. Can't remember them all. Um, where did you think he was, Kelly? Where did you think Jesse was at this point? Oh, I had no idea. But uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. But I did like Kubi's line or Walt's line when he says, "Have you checked Beaver and what's his name?" <laughs> yeah, Beavis and Beaver or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I had no idea where he was. It's it's hard to say he could be anywhere. So Saul opens this can of worms. He wants to know what's going to happen when he does turn up. Do we have an old yeller situation or Belize? And this is this is what I was referring to in our last podcast, Kelly, where Walt says, "No way, absolutely, do not even float that idea again." He's got some love for this kid, even though Jesse's trouble for him, criminal trouble for him. He will not entertain anything that has to do with killing him, at least at this point. It's almost like I thought Kelly was looking for his lost son, like he's another type of son to Walt. Well, he knows that he's done Jesse wrong, even though, you know, Walt's kind of a narcissist, but he can understand why Jesse would be angry at him. And just like Hank, and he was not going to entertain the idea of killing him, which I like. I, I respected him for that. But, you know, that doesn't last long. Right. We're going to see at the end of this episode, it kind of throws this all on its ear. But still, I don't know. I just had this sense that that's, Walt thinks of him as the son, the son he never had, or the other son he never had. So they go to a hotel because of shitty gas on the floor. And uh, Skylar knows that Walt was with Saul somehow. She wants to know what's going on. She looked uh, out the window. She saw them out the window? Yeah, because they're at a hotel, or at least they they wanted to find a hotel, but they actually had this made on a set so that it would look like Walt Jr. had his own room. But, yeah, when they're talking, she I'm assuming she looked out the window because he comes up with another re, r- bullshit lie number three about how he couldn't get the ice bucket, so he had to go down to the front office. And uh, she's yeah. like, oh, how Saul. It's a pretty nice hotel, though. Yeah, at least they got a good hotel night stay out of it. Yes. Uh, for all the shit that's about to happen. Um, and Walt tries to explain it like, well, Pinkman's just upset. Don't worry about it. And Skylar gets pretty uh, radical here. She says, well, what's your course of action? And Walt just says, well, Kubi tracks him down and I make him see the reason behind his foolishness and set him straight. Skylar wants more than that, though, Kelly. She said, I knew someone would come to hurt us and you're going to need to deal with this. Pretty strong suggestions from Skylar. Yeah, she's really, well, I mean, she's lost her family. She's pretty much done with it. She doesn't want harm to come to anything else, uh, you know, and, and basically she's, you know, what's one more? Why don't you just go ahead and kill Jesse? Yeah, she's su- suggesting his murder. And Walt defends him again for all he's going to do at the end of this episode. He says, well, she, he's not a rabid dog. That's where we get the name for this one. But Walt's trying to defend him like you can't just treat him like a, piece of meat like an animal oh boy so um 
we go back now and flash back, I guess, flash back, flash forward, flash back. But Jesse in the gas, we see what really happened. And um, it's Hank that stops him from lighting the flame to the gas. This is more audience service because I think we really needed to see this. What did happen? How did this gas not get lit? And Jesse explains Brock to Hank and, again, clarifies it to Hank and to us as the audience and says he can't keep getting away with it. And so Hank's metaphor is let's burn him down together, which is pretty cool, I thought. I thought that was too. And I'm like, oh, my God, tell me that they're not going to start joining forces you know, because they've taught you've talked about Skyler saying, you know, he's just a rabid dog, and then you had um, Saul saying, you know, he's just old yeller, put him down. So he's kind of the rabid dog, but then Gail, uh, when he was in the episode, was a problem dog. So you've got a lot of this dog dog action, like putting someone down, getting them out of the way, they're worthless, they're no longer you know, capable of being around anymore. Well, we've seen some unusual bedfellows before, like the a Walt and Hector partnering up. So I could see it. I could see Hank and Jesse. It looks like the enemy, if you're an enemy of somebody and he's a bad enough enemy, then you'll team up with a lesser enemy to get the worse enemy. I just didn't want him to team up with them. I just thought, oh, no, don't team up. Don't, don't be a narc, Jesse. I know, but Gilligan's created this scenario perfectly people wronging each other create the perfect revenge scenarios um and so walt rise up on this flashback scene and then we get the timing of it all we see kind of how we saw it the first time i guess and so hank takes jesse to the dea as a witness and not really a criminal and jesse jesse's afraid of mr white now right mr white knowing that he's with hank and talking means jesse's in trouble of getting killed by walt I think that's what he's afraid of, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I like when Hank takes Jesse at first, and and Jesse's so dead, and just knows that he's so screwed that you know Hank actually has to put his seatbelt on him, you know, and then they then I, we also I don't know if we've skipped over it, but for just one second we actually do get to see Dave, which is Marie's um, counselor guy. So yeah. he actually exists. Yeah, that's next. So what was the whole scene with Dave? I didn't get that. I didn't either. I I think Vince Gilligan, if I remember correctly, was saying they just wanted to kind of show what what Marie was going through. They were showing Skylar and Walt and Hank, but they wanted to kind of give her a little time to get the audience familiar with what she was going through. But yeah, I, I wasn't real thrilled with that scene. There was no tension. There was no... I mean, we're amped up pretty good here at this point, and we see this idiot... Marie talking to Dave about, you know, what are, what's bothering you? And uh, what about parking problems at work? And Marie's rambling about poison. And yeah, I don't know. Just just didn't seem to match in there very well. Mm-mm. So let's skip past that. So Hank has secrets now. Jesse's going to be staying at their house, Kelly. Uh, he doesn't apparently doesn't tell Marie about this. He just packs her bags and puts them by the front door. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is such a great scene. Considering that uh, Betsy Brown and Aaron Paul have worked together for so many years, but they they never actually met each other, you know. And she sees him kind of looking, standing there with his DEA cup in his hand, and she's kind of standing at the end of the hallway. It was just really odd to have Jesse kind of in the lion's den. Yeah, I think she actually gives him that DEA cup of coffee because when she sees him down the hallway, she's like, "You need some coffee." <laughs> 
That was a very, very incongruent scene. It was like nothing fit, but Jesse has now met the four principal people, Walt and Skylar, Hank and Marie. Pretty interesting how this all shook out this way. Yeah, and I mean, when he, I got to put out this bookshelf, um, I had heard before that there was uh, Deadwood, the complete series was on the bookshelf, and that was what Anna Gunn starred in. But then when I looked into it more, they're, they're so detailed on these books that they had a couple, Rainbow's End, The Final Days, The Money Harvest, Big Secrets, Mad Money, and The Blue Nowhere. I mean, the things that they think of just blow my mind. Just all on the bookshelf. Yeah, well, Hank really read all that stuff, or Marie did. They were pretty literate. That's, those are pretty classic, cool books. Yeah, they all have something to do with the show, too. The Blue Nowhere. I mean, that's it's crazy how they do that. So, let's see. So, now Hank has Jesse's phone, of course, because he's zapped him with some sleeping pills. He's sleeping, and he listens into his messages, and it... Kind of tips Hank off that Walt wants a friendly resolution with Jesse. Hank's seeking Jesse's partnership still, kind of. And I think that gives Hank the idea for what he's going to do. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, here you've got Walt, like you were saying, that they ha- he cares about Jesse, and he knows Jesse's pissed. So Walt, or Hank, finally figures, wait a minute, they- he's got a soft spot. Yeah, H- Hank is the bald guy, and Walt is the other bald guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the hotel, Walton Jr. are talking now. I didn't care for this conversation too much either, but Walton Jr. talk. Walt tells him not to worry, and Jr. hugs him. I guess it was made to show, Kelly, what a contrast that there's going to be between Walt and Jr. in the next few episodes. But I don't know. Did you? What did you think of this little scene of Walt and Jr. at the patio outside by the pool at the hotel? Well, I think this episode was um, an attempt, like they sh- we were just talking about Marie. I think they're trying to kind of give each person a little action on how they're feeling about the situation. You know, kind of give the viewer, because we're getting ready for something huge. So they're kind of getting us in the minds of each of these characters. Yeah, that's a good point. It does It does give us that final perspective of, like, somewhat sense of normalcy, what they used to be like, anyway. So back at Hank's, Hank's setting up the camera for the confession of Jesse to just spill all the all the beans. Gomi's there now, too. Jesse doesn't believe this video is going to work, though, Kelly. He's really afraid. Pretty much says you won't catch this guy with a camcorder. But uh, he does tell the whole story, starting in my junior year of chemistry. He was my teacher, and blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. So he, he, tells, he tells what he knows. I was, I remember being really angry at Jesse and because I'm such, like, I've always been such a supporter of Walt, no matter how horrible he gets. Um, I was really angry at him. I remember watching it like, you asshole, how can you tell Hank? Like, out of all the people, he beat you up and all this stuff and all the shit you've been through with Walt, now you're, you're narking him out. I just remember, I know he didn't have much of an option and I understand it now, but at the time I was really angry at at, Walt, at Jesse, you're just a banger, Kelly. You're just like uh, you just want to. You just believe in Omerta too much. <laughs> I'm just Team Walt. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So later on, Hank and Gomi compare notes after seeing all this, and they believe Jesse, and they do realize they have no evidence. It's just word against word, his word against uh, Walt's word. Um, but Hank pulls out the Hello Kitty phone and plays the message for Gomi about meeting me at the city plaza. I'm, my fate is in your hands, Walt's message to, to Jesse. And Jesse doesn't want to do this plan of going to the city plaza, 
because this is the wire. Now Hank wants to put a wire on him. Jesse hates the idea. If I go, I'm a dead man. And Hank says what you just said, Kelly. He cares about you, so we can use that as leverage. Yeah, I like it when Jesse says, you want to do his plan? You got to be kidding me. You know, you, Don't you understand? Mr. White's the devil. Kind of like how Marie jokingly called him the devil in the other episode that you pointed out. Yeah, he's smarter than you. He's luckier than you. He thinks and plans and makes the opposite of what you expect to happen, happen. Right. So, but I thought it was interesting too that Jesse doesn't really realize that Walt does care about him. He's shocked. He's you know he's surprised by Hank telling him this. Yeah, I think I think as us as viewers can see it, but if it were Jesse himself, I mean, all the stuff that he's done with Jane and Brock and the numerous other things, it's just like you know how can this guy possibly care about me? But he does. So Jesse goes away to use the bathroom and leaves Hank and Gomi alone for a moment. And Hank admits to Gomi that he does not care if Jesse gets killed. Kelly, did that surprise you? No, that's why I didn't want Jesse to go with Hank. I don't trust Hank as far as he's going to do anything he can to get out of this corner that Walt has put him in. And, you know, that was just, you know, oh, that, that junky murderer that's dribbling all over my guest bathroom. Well, I don't care if he gets killed. Like, oh, well, now we can see kind of an evil side of Hank. I know. I didn't like this because I, I want to like Hank. Hank was always one of my favorite people. Um, but that was really an evil side of him. That It's probably true. He, you know, he'll get the evidence he needs because it will be on tape. And so what? He gets killed. I got my case. I'm, I'm, I've got accomplished what I want accomplished. Right. Yeah, that is almost criminal of Hank. All right. So at this plaza, I didn't like this scene either, Kelly. i got to admit it. They set up this sting video and wire and Gomi's got the camera Jesse goes to walk up to Walt and he gets spooked by the suspicious I guess he's a dad looks like a biker meth dude but he's a, just a normal dad at the at the plaza pretty fake scene though I thought Kelly what do you think of this scaring Jesse off like this um you know the guy it was kind of cheesy when the guy is standing there all ominous and there's no sign of any little girl running around playing and then all of a sudden you look over and she's all daddy daddy like i don't know if he would have just been standing there but i gotta just really quickly throw a couple things in here that's interesting is that the civic plaza uh, obviously, they had to shut down like four blocks. And you think about all the government buildings, federal buildings, the cops are all right there, uh, that they had to cooperate with all of these things to get this thing shut down. But I have to give a shout out to if, if you go to Albuquerque, you have to take the Breaking Bad RV tour. And when Jesse's walking, there's a kid in a blue sweatshirt that runs by. And that is Brandon Sandoval, and that is the son of uh, Frank and Jackie Sandoval who run this um, RV tour. So if you're ever in Albuquerque, people who are listening, go to the RV tour. They take you in an RV just like the one that Jesse and Walt ride around in, and you get to see all the locations. So um, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, and then also the, the Civic Plaza that was originally supposed to be filmed in a park, but they didn't want it to be too much like with Mike and, you know, the grandkid and all that. Yeah, so. they wanted a new looking scene. They did take some pretty cool photography. There were some cool wide perspective shots of this plaza from different angles and up above, and that looked pretty cool. 
Well, the idea of it, um, according to the podcast, was that they wanted it to be open or, or, or pure, like, okay, Jesse's going to an open public place, but then it's it's not safe, even if it's he's surrounded by people and buildings and witnesses. Yeah, I guess. Um, the, this guy looking... It would have been better if the guy just looked less less obvious, the, the guy that was supposed to be the hitman or whatever. Mm-hmm. He looked like a meth, you know, he looked like a Declan or a meth banger or somebody. I guess if if um, Jesse's super paranoid and and whatnot, he just made, you know, I don't know, just. Yeah, like the Jehovah's Witnesses on their bicycles pulling up. Yeah, in fact, when they cross each other, when when Walt and the guy cross each other, when the little girl runs up and hugs them, they kind of look like the same person. They have the bald head and the all black. So Jesse makes his way to a payphone and blows up uh, Hank and Gomi's plan and just tells Walt, nice try, asshole. No, I'm going to come for you and get you where you really live. So, Kelly, where, where was that? What did you think that meant back at the time that you first watched this? Where where did Walt really live? Well, I, I was like, obviously it's not his house because he really lives there. Like, that's too literal, and he, he didn't burn his house down. So what else could it be? It could either be his money or his family. It was really the only two options for me. Yeah, I wrote down his money, his family, or his ego. Mm-hmm. But Hank doesn't like this what at all. He disses him and reveals more of his real feelings towards Jesse. He's stupid little shit, like really angry. And Jesse comes up with another genius plan here. Je- Jesse's season five is his wheelhouse of genius activity. There's a better way. And he does come up with a really good way. We're going to find out pretty soon. Right, yeah, because, you know, one thing I noticed uh, with the rewatch is that Walt says, you know, if you want to come and shoot me in the head, then, you know, that's fine. And we know now, you know, that Gail got shot in the head, and spoiler, spoiler, spoiler warning, but Hank got shot in the head and so did Jack. So a lot of, a lot of you know, the repeat with that, I hadn't noticed that before. And Declan. Did he get shot? Oh, yeah, he did get shot in the head, didn't he? Yeah, and so then we get this call from Walt to Todd's uncle, Jack, about a job, or I guess to Todd. Tell your uncle I got a job for him. And surprisingly, this job is, as we all kind of, it surprised me at the time, but I guess it makes sense. His job is Jesse. Jesse's got to be taken out. Right, that's why I was, you know, I've said that, yes, Walt will protect Jesse, but he's not going to protect Jesse over himself, so... I'm disappointed that he would go that direction, but he's going to go that direction if Jesse's not going to work with him. Well, let's have this conversation again at the very, very end about Walt not taking care of Jesse if if it's at the risk of himself, because I, I think we have a topic for conversation at that point, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's it for Rabbit Dog 512. Next time we'll see 513 Tahajali. Next four are awesome, Kelly. Tahajli, Ozymandias, Granite State, and Felina. And then that's the, that's a series. Yep, we're at the final race. This is exciting stuff. So this is the West Coast Project Podcast for Better Call Saul, recapping Breaking Bad. And um, we have ways you can find our show notes on westcoastproject.com. Look up the website. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn Radio. Uh, but we also have some other websites for Kelly. Kelly does Petter, Better Call Saul fun facts and Breaking Bad fun facts. And Kelly, where are those URLs? Uh, those are on Instagram. And then I have Breaking Bad fun facts also on Facebook. And my Twitter handle, if you want to reach us, is at Tweets. And Kelly, what's yours? 
BRBA underscore fun facts. All right, Kelly Tahajali. I'll see you then. All right. See you then.